Welcome to Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of ALM's award-winning magazine, Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here. Good day. This is Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News, and you are listening to a special edition of Law Technology Now, Just Discovery, sponsored by BDO Consulting. Our guest today is Craig Ball, our award-winning columnist who writes Ball in Your Court for Law Technology News. And Craig, earlier this year, you wrote a tremendous column called Grim Prognosis, where you talked about um, a couple of particularly landmark cases that have come down recently. And uh, perhaps you could start our discussion by reminding our readers just a little bit about what you do in Texas, and then we'll dive into the Grimm case. Actually, it was Judge Grimm, the um, Victor Stanley case, and tell our readers why this is a case they need to know about. So the mic is yours. Happy to do it, and thanks for having me today, Monica. Well, I'm going to, uh, I am a, a special master and uh, electronic discovery specialist. I, I am based in Austin, Texas. I work all over the country, but I, I'm also a lawyer, of, of course, as well. And um, one of the things that is, is fascinating about this case, and for those who are listening, I'm talking today about the Victor Stanley Incorporated versus Creative Pipe Incorporated case, a case that came out at the very tail end of May of this year. And it was an opinion written by a very influential magistrate judge out of uh, Maryland named Paul Grimm. Uh, judge Grimm has written a number of, of important decisions about electronic discovery, but Victor Stanley versus Creative Pipe is by far, I think, the most groundbreaking and, and earth-shaking opinion. It follows on a couple of, of important decisions by another influential magistrate judge, John Fasciola, out of the D.C. Circuit. And slightly earlier in the year, Judge Fasciola had written in his usual very literate and one wonderful way a case called U.S. versus O'Keefe and another called Equity Analytics versus London. And the upshot of, of Judge Fasciola's opinions was essentially, you know, lawyers, you don't have the skills to do keyword search. And very candidly, Judge Fasciola said, you know, I don't have the skills to judge your use of keyword search. And he, he used some marvelous language, uh, turning back uh, to both a famous poem and a much more lately a, a, a famous song. He essentially said that for lawyers and judges to even think they understand search terminology well enough to opine about it or do it is to go where angels fear to tread. Per Judge Fasciola, search is beyond the ken of a layman. And so that brings us into the Victor Stanley case. And by way of quick background, uh, Judge Grimm was faced by a, a, a set of facts whereby Creative Pipes lawyers had inadvertently produced 165 documents that they claimed to be privileged. Now, that claim came belatedly. In fact, they produced the documents, and it was the plaintiffs who said, oh, by the way, we think these 165 documents you produced, they look privileged to us. So they did the right thing. They said, you, you probably didn't mean to produce these. But they also said, your search and your review was so poor that you have waived your privilege. Essentially, you didn't do enough to protect your privilege, so you've lost it. And this was what Judge Grimm weighed in on. And I think with Victor Stanley, 
we're seeing as much a a poor job in terms of making the record as we are as we are seeing a real test of keywords. Well, the obvious question, uh, Craig, that jumps to me with this is if the lawyers in the case aren't competent to do the key search uh, uh, terms, who would be? Well, let me lay a little foundation for that, because I think what, when, one of the things that Judge Grimm did that was important in the Victor Stanley case is ameliorate, to some extent, a remark made by Judge Fasciola in the United States versus O'Keefe case from February of this year. In that case, Judge Fasciola said that for lawyers or judges to opine about what search terms would or wouldn't work is to go where angels fear to tread. And, of course, that means fools rush in in that area. He said that um, what you needed to be was either a computer technologist, a statistician, or a linguist. And I, I think whether Judge Grimm was seeking to intentionally qualify Judge Fasciola's views in that regard or not, I, I don't know. But what I do know is that Judge Grimm takes, a, a, I think, a much more open approach to it. I think he leaves open that lawyers can be qualified to do keyword search so long as they can demonstrate the reasonableness of the mechanisms they used, they can prove that, that they had a defensible approach, that they tested what they were going to do, and that they sampled the discard pile. That is, that they've had some forms of quality assurance or quality control in place. And do you have any specific recommendations based on your experience on how we can accomplish that quality control or quality assurance? Well, I mean, I think there are a number of ways that you can do it. I, I, I certainly don't want to just say hire an expert as, as a, a knee-jerk reaction. Certainly having someone with expertise, that may be a vendor, it may be an independent expert, uh, it may in fact be someone from the local college who can call themselves a computer scientist, linguist, or statistician. But being able to show that it was more than just a couple of lawyers sitting around in a room throwing some keywords against the wall to see if they stick, being able to prove that you tested the keywords, you looked at the results, and you said, yeah, this is what we were hoping to achieve. We are culling out the things that are non-responsive. We are finding the privileged material that we're trying to locate. And so what we're doing works, not just because it sounds good, but because we, we proved that it works. And you can do that with anyone qualified to do that. It may be a legal assistant who is experienced, but you've got to have the mechanism to say, we not only tried the keywords, but we were able to ascertain that they were working in the way we hoped. We're talking with Craig Ball, our award-winning columnist for from Law Technology News, who writes Ball in Your Court. We're going to take a quick break now and let our sponsor, BDO Consulting, give you some valuable information, and we'll be right back. Electronic discovery doesn't have to be complex. At BDO Consulting, we translate technology into language everyone can understand and help clients make informed decisions and frame persuasive arguments. Our e-discovery experts use state-of-the-art tools to collect, process, and analyze data from virtually any electronic source. The result is a proactive, problem-solving approach to e-discovery, capable of handling even the most complex situations. The way we see it, eDiscovery is all about service, and service is what BDO Consulting is all about. Visit BDOConsulting.com for more information. 
And we're back. We're talking with Craig Ball, a Texas lawyer and forensic specialist and author of Ball in Your Court. Craig, we have about five minutes left, and I'm wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about what you see going forward in the future. How can keywords be improved? And any other observations on some of the um, sometimes surprisingly difficult tasks of coming up with appropriate keywords? Well, that's a good point, and I think, I think that is the point, is that although lawyers are, by their training and experience, wordsmiths, Language is deceptively complex in the context of automated search, and whether you're you're dealing with um, you know use you know the, the problems of of synonyms misspellings is one that is is hugely a problem today, much more so than it was when uh, it was pursued more rigorously in education. What we've got to do is is be is be going back to the well, which is say keyword search can work as part of an iterative process. One of the problems I see is that people want to negotiate the keywords, close the door, do those, and, and that's that. And you can't do that. You have to use early attempts at keywords as a means to educate yourself about what's working and what's not. I'm finding, and, 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 I, and, there's, and there's increasingly going to be, I think, some uh, empirical studies that support this, that the sweet spot is essentially twice, which is to say that you run a set of keywords, you look at those results, and you go back to that well, and then after that second search, there is a diminishing returns. So that whether it is two times or three, probably at most, that a keyword search is going to reach its, its about its optimum level in, in careful hands. What else we have coming up, of course, are more sophisticated either amplification of, of keywords or more heuristic-type searches, such as concept searches. I've written about those as well. But we are seeing uh, significant leaps forward, not only in the performance of those searches, but also in the level of acceptance uh, among the rank and file and on the bench. We're now seeing influential jurists like Judge Fasciola, like Judge Grimm, who when they write these important opinions are also footnoting the growth of interest in concept searches. They're citing some leading authorities on those areas, such as uh, George Paul or Jason Barron and others, who are devoting a lot of their attention to uh, the other types of, of ramped-up search. Craig, it's been an absolute joy to have you here. We've been talking with Craig Ball, who is our columnist at Law Technology News. We're going to wrap up with a little bit of of housekeeping information for our listeners. There are three ways you can listen to Law Technology Now. First is on our website, which is www.lawtechnologynow.com. You can listen with our partners, Legal Talk Network. And surprise, surprise, their address is www.legaltalknetwork.com. And, of course, on iTunes. A few thank yous, first of all, to Craig, also to Jill Winward of Law.com, the fabulous team at Legal Talk Network, which includes Luann Reeves, Scott Hess, Mike Huckman, Kate Kenny, and last but not least, our wonderful producer, Keith Achille, here at Incisive Media in New York. I'm Monica Bay, editor of Law Technology News. Thank you for joining us, and we hope we will be listening with you next time. Thank you. Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today.